What's up, everybody? Welcome in to the DMVR Nuggets podcast. Where are my people at? What's going on here? There, hey! Oh, there he is. There he is. Let's freaking go, dude! <laughs> Man, what perfect timing! He's always on time. Love it. Uh, right here, I got. Uh, we're presented as always by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. I haven't even checked my account. I just know I'm rich beyond my wildest dreams because of last night. You want to join us every pregame show? It's like a mini podcast, and then at the end, we give you money. How great is that? Like honestly, if you told me, what if your favorite TV show? finished every single episode by handing you money what would you say about wow. such a show eric i would be like i can't believe love is blind rewards you so richly <laughs> i know you don't really mean that that show no i'm just, saying for you uh, that, that's yeah, what i would assume yeah. you yeah. meant yes yeah, that's true that is exactly what i meant um i've got Brennan <laughs> vote here he just robbed a house that's right yeah that's what this is about where my beanies to commit uh robbery no, I'm here. I'm ready. I'm in such a good mood, you guys. I haven't had that much fun writing the grades in a long time. The grades have been a little bit more like a post-mortem kind of obituary type deal of late. Not this morning, baby. Fun stuff. You're, you're suffering from grades? Yeah. yeah sure. Great grades. You get that where <laughs> that, that joke is? It's, a, it's an AIDS joke. Down there, I got D-line go. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, yikes. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> um, wow, I, I appreciate you bleeding that into my intro. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> I woke up, dude, guys, um, yesterday was the perfect day. I feel whole, complete, dangerous, feisty. Wow. Um, I have been talking so much smack online. Yeah. I've never felt better. Uh, no one has anything they can say to me. Um, Yesterday was bliss beyond my wildest dreams. My my best friend Bones came on the show. That's right. Um, <laughs> and he said it was, uh, that the shirt we did was cool. Uh, you know what I mean? Like I don't care anymore. Like literally, I don't care about. Actually, anything. obligated to say that. I believe. I don't care about anything anymore. You can say whatever <laughs> you want to me now. You are honestly, man. Bullets do just drop, bounce right off of you right now. It is incredible. Yesterday was an all-timer, man. It was an all-timer. It was a lot of fun. The Nuggets made us big proud. Honestly, I never thought one win in a series would make me feel as proud as I did after that one, but it really was. It was like, heck, man, this team, uh, this team really dug deep. Really got one out. Now, if I can, and Kale, if, if you don't mind, go ahead and hit the uh, hit the musical cue there. I do have to. Um, I have oh, some no. bad news. I have some bad news what? I have to share with you guys. And I know it's the news you've been waiting for. The Easter Bunny. Oh, God, no. Don't, don't, do. Why, dude, do not bring this evil to this show. Found him this morning. Oh, my God. I told you. You released that. I gave him a chance. I gave him a chance. No, you did not. No, you, you did not. No, I you did. did. I you... gave him a chance. I tried to give him food. I tried to give him water. I said him for, I said, go be free. Go on, be free. And that's like, what if you did that with like a two-year-old child? And you're like, <laughs> well, I gave him a chance. A I fed, child. I gave him a can of SpaghettiOs and then I sent him off into the world. I felt, I would have felt incomplete if I didn't share that news with everybody. Cause I knew that people, I knew that part of the show is that I'm sharing who I am with everyone. I'm opening up my soul. I'm opening up my life. And in some cases opening up, up my doors, my own house. And uh, it was one, it really got me, man. It really got me. I mean, I told I told you this in no uncertain terms yesterday that you, after releasing that bunny, killed that bunny. 
Well, I tried to do the right thing, and sometimes you're unrewarded. You go ahead and kill that, fade that, fade that. <laughs> Harrison's unprepared for this. Did I just walk into? Yeah, we changed things up for the intro today. Adam, you're muted there. Um, we did learn what it takes for the Nuggets to beat the Warriors, though, in a playoff <laughs> game. Adam just has to sacrifice a live bunny before the game, and it's all gravy. You're muted, Adam. Boss. You're muted. You're, just, you're, you're muted, you're just bro. Speaking into the void. Yeah, yeah you're, you're still you're, muted. It is though. Right now, you are talking to the bunny. That, Man, like, we are the bunny right now, listening to whatever it is you're saying. Very rough start. Extremely, uh, yeah, it's rough. Really tough. Rough. Uh, now that the whole squad is here, I think we we should talk about what have we learned about the Nuggets so far. We are four games in the series. I actually feel I don't know how you guys feel. I feel like this has been more of a revelatory series than I anticipated. I mean, the Nuggets coming in without two of their best three offensive players, and you think what can you possibly learn? But I feel like I've learned kind of a lot. Like I have some opinions on the Nuggets based off of the series that I feel somewhat good about. So I want to talk about that. I also want to open it up to questions we don't fully have answered yet but might be answered like depending on how this next game or maybe even the next games go will really reveal some things to us as well as at the league at large and then at the end we had mailbag questions we requested the other day that we did not get a chance to go to and we'll get to some of those so first guys i'm going to start us off with our first topic what did we learn this first one's really quick we can go over it warriors are tough like honestly this was one of the things i think we knew coming into the playoffs that they would be tough but the Warriors, to me, are one of those teams that I'm like, they're probably going to be really good next year. And Denver should probably plan on them being one of the teams that they have to, as you game plan and start talking about, like, how do we match up? To me, does anybody disagree with that take, that the Warriors are probably one of the teams you have to sort of plan for? Yeah, Warriors are back, for sure. Oh. Yeah, man, this could be a great show, man. I am getting so much out of you guys. Wow, this is vote it completely ignored. Eric nodded silently. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. There are three people here, and we can't all just jump in and talk. Like, if you can't just throw a question out and expect us all, like, I don't want to step on Harrison's uh insights. Vote, uh, he might have something to say, I don't know. Um, so. Uh, it gives a little traffic direction. Um, I hold on, guys. I'll take this, Adam. I agree. Okay. <laughs> no, the Warriors are absolutely back. Um, like they remind me a lot about just the team they were during the dynasty. Like Draymond Green, I feel like is at the top of his game. Steph Curry, I almost feel like we've. We've seen maybe Steph Curry at like 75%. I still feel like he has another gear. Klay Thompson looks incredible. Um, yeah, they feel like they're back to me. Yeah. What do you think, Bo? Yeah, absolutely. The Klay Thompson thing, right? It, it, it was so long without him, and then what would it look like when they got him back? And maybe there was that rusty period. There was a lot of dribbling and shooting at first, but he is now just – he's the dribbleless world beater that we've grown to know i felt like last evening uh last night i was thrilled every time anyone else shot the ball honestly i would have let clay shoot 70 times if i were golden state didn't seem like he was anywhere close to missing he you know jordan Poole's emergence is a big part of it but to me the thing that makes me go oh those are the warriors is like so much attention goes to steph and dre and then oh yeah that clay thompson part you know and that's the part we we forgot about so to speak. The, yeah. the curry threes break your back because he just makes them and like there's no 
oh, he got lucky. Like Jordan Poole got hot in the first three games, and he might become this player or is this player, but they feel almost like running hot. Steph, you know he's going to make them. Clay is the one where you're just kind of like, I don't know what to do about that. Like he hit a couple of those yesterday where you're just like, I think that was perfect defense, but he just keeps hitting these. He went 7 of 11 from the three-point line. Like Clay, this is what the Warriors did at their peak, and maybe they're getting another peak, but it's just that they make shots that you feel you're like, I, we, you did everything right. Did everything right. I don't know what else to say. Yeah, that's true. The one thing I will say that is like so awesome is that Clay was on absolute fire. And actually, all of the big, the traditional big three were all on fire, playing well, scored yeah. uh, a lot of points, and the Nuggets won. Yeah. yeah. So that's the like Warriors a, had a bunch of these possessions last night where the Nuggets played great defense for 24 seconds. And like the Warriors passed up like a couple good shots for like bad shots, but they just went in. You know, it, yeah. it was like those those possessions that you're like, oh yeah, that's that's the Warriors. Yeah, and I think the, one of the things the Nuggets can take from the Warriors, like w- just a lesson in, institutionally that they can. And I've said this before months ago, I think, but Steph Curry is a vibe, and you you might yes. hate Steph Curry because you hate the Warriors, but I'm telling you, like. The way he just dances, he cel- they celebrate every small victory. This is what's so funny about the Warriors are opposite a football guy, right? The Nick Saban that's like there's no celebrations, like no matter what you do, you, know, you only there's only one celebration, that's the title game. But like the Warriors will make a shot in the first five seconds and start dancing and just like start doing yeah. stuff. And it's like the whole, they are honestly like a team full of Bones Highlands where they yep. just have all these yeah. guys whose vibes are always up. And I honestly yeah, think the, the Nuggets the- can probably take a little – you have to have your own personality – but I think that the Warriors are just a team that is not afraid to be who they are, both as a team, but also just as a personality. And that's such a valuable thing, I think, for it. I think it's an underrated aspect of the Warriors era. Yeah, they're a team full of the Clippers' girlfriends. They just Stop. start dancing right off the bat. I love it. Like, go ahead, dance. Like, nothing <laughs> greater than watching them someone, in the yeah. first quarter start dancing at the first three made. They, they like, earned it. No, no, they haven't. No, they got, dude, Eric, no, they no, literally wore a dynasty. No, 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 they, no, nobody, nobody has earned this. After making three three-pointers that game, danced his Not, not the entire bench. Crowd. Not he the entire every bench. part of the crowd to do one of the, like, he went to the last The night. guys that I was watching dancing on the bench have not won a title. They are not on the floor. They are, as Charles Barkley would say, on the bus. And they are acting as though they have done something. They are the Clippers' girlfriends, and I hope that they get punished for it. We need a we need a haters ball graphic. Uh, Eric, yes, go ahead and make a haters ball graphic because I would yeah, 100% dude, put it up listen, right now. If you guys, if you guys, if you guys, if you guys are gonna pump up the Warriors and the things that they do, like I'm going to be the the voice that people actually want to hear, which is fuck this team, let them dance. They look like idiots. Hey um, man, that's what I want too. That's exactly it. But what I'm yeah, saying yeah. is, what I'm saying is, the Nuggets can steal some of this. Like. You know, when Yoke is going off, we love it when the Nuggets bench is going crazy. Like when something's happening and the Nuggets bench is going, I'm just saying the Nuggets could use a little bit more of that. Like they almost need Wancho back just for this. So you got to bring Wancho back just to get back. And we got Bones. Bones. The little side zam. Yeah, Bones, Bones going to be on the court a lot, though, going forward. I don't know that he's going to be on the bench. Uh, again, all right, that's yeah, you, might not, you might not get those vibes if Wancho's actually on the court. That's Hey, that's man. What? Just, hey, are you talking you just about want him, You just want him on the bench. Are you talking about the Juancho Hernan Gomez that has stole Rudy Gay's spot in the Jazz lineup? That's, we're not talking about this today, but I'm telling you, Juancho's out here winning playoff games for the Jazz, and it's the wildest development in the history of development. But we're not talking about that today. Here's Let's get into some Nuggets stuff, though. One thing I have learned, and this is a little bit of a TBD, Nuggets still resilient. 
And I this was the thing I had a huge question about after game two. I was like, is this the same resilient bunch? Is that core hollowed out at all in this one way? And the last two games to me, the Nuggets have been extremely resilient. I expect them to be resilient in game five again, but they were they showed me and they showed a lot of people a lot by just competing in these last two games. Yeah, absolutely. And like it's funny because I thought the Warriors were gonna maybe just give the Nuggets a game. Like really stupid turnovers, bad shot selection, just not being super serious, and Denver's gonna be able able to take that game. There was a little of that. Like like the Warriors did not play a smart game four, I don't think. But the Nuggets took that game. Like, like the Nuggets are the ones who won that game. I think in sure. the end, the Warriors didn't lose it. The Nuggets won it. And I agree. Uh, they are still resilient. They still have that about them. And it's it's honestly like next to Nikola Jokic just being an all-time great, the resiliency of Michael Malone's teams is is what this group is defined by. Like that That's who this group is, a resilient yeah. bunch who – is never going to give up until the very end. Like that's the the defining trait of this team. I think Jokic's calmness plays into this. I agree with you that Michael Malone is the one that sets sort of the the mood or the personality. Well, but I, Jokic... I didn't even mean Michael Malone. Just like the Michael Malone era. I, I guess I guess I would say. But I do think Michael Malone is like the most resilient of all the Nuggets. Yeah, and so like, some of it, some of it on... does have to do with him. Yeah. yeah, but but I think that Jokic is being calm. Like, what does every player asks about like? Is Yoke giving you confidence? And everyone almost like laughs. They're like, dude, Yoke just doesn't ever change under any circumstance. And I do think that helps you. Like, we've seen plenty of superstars, including like Carl Anthony Towns is a good example of this. The team always is looking at him and like they'll be like, Man, this guy, he's riding high, low, high, low. He's like it's schizophrenic almost in that way, like with the the emotional ups and downs. But Yoke is always the exact same, and I do think that helps a lot. Resilient vote, where you where do you stand on them? Well, yeah, I, first of all, I agree and I don't want to beat a dead horse to me. It was the defining trait of this regular season. And so they have to continue on that yeah. into the postseason. And that to me was the, uh, sort of validation of the win last night was because they showed that in game three, they just couldn't execute down the stretch. And then they get rewarded for bringing that effort back and you go, all right, like this group splintered, but they didn't you know, they didn't completely split apart and, and they stayed together and they stayed resilient. And, and I think that's huge. Also, this is the importance of Jokic keeping his composure. You know, it's not about he's going to get a better whistle if he's nicer to the refs or whatever. It's just when he is that rock that you can't speed me up, you can't slow me down. I'm in charge of things here. When he's that stoic figure that they can all sort of get behind, um, I think it's that much easier for this team to sort of stay calm, stay resilient, and endure the storms. Yeah. Um, the next one, I we got to keep it moving here. But the next one, I think one thing we've learned, the Nuggets can score on anyone, including the best defenses. The Nuggets right now have a 116.2 offensive rating against the Warriors. The Warriors were the second best defense in the NBA this year. They have a 116.2 offensive rating. And that accounts for games one and two. That includes games one and two. That's how good they've been on offense without Jamal Murray, without Michael Porter Jr. To me, like, we've talked about it a lot this year, but seeing it actually happen in the playoffs was the last little box to check of, like, yes, Jokic alone with good players around him. I'm not trying to take away from the other guys, but I'm just saying without your second and third best player, you still have a phenomenal offense. Done. Got it. No longer worried about whether or not the Nuggets can score against anyone. They're just always going to score. you got to figure out some of the other parts of this. 
Yeah, Eric? They, uh, the, the, the greatest thing about the Denver Nuggets is that they just kind of know who they are at this point. Like, they've been yeah. together long enough that um, they have an identity. Uh, which is something that like teams that are on the uh, that are up and coming like are constantly searching for. I mean, their identity obviously is like anchored in Nikola Jokic and like what he wants to do. It, like it's it's belief because they have been successful in the past. They know what they're able to do, especially with the right personnel. Um, and it just makes them, you know, you find times when there's like they're a little bit scrambled. They don't really know. You know, it seems like there's confusion sometimes. But like generally speaking, the Nuggets don't feel like they are running around just trying to figure something out it's like they more often than not it's like they're trying to execute something that they've done over and over and it's it it might not be working and that kind of throws them off every like in the last in late game execution not last game but the game before we saw that where they were like kind of thrown off they didn't know what to do but that's that's a rarity for the denver nuggets you know and that's that's the, the um that's the sign of a mature team that's a sign of a plan that's been in place for a long time that where you know there's sort of expected behavior from people and it's only going to get better when you have better personnel around but like um as much as you know everybody wants to to look to joel Embiid as uh, being sort of an offensive dynamo and an electric player um a car that is the, the motor of that car is Nikola Jokic. It, like, will never falter. We've learned this. Like, that thing just goes. It, like, he's going to figure out how to keep uh, things going. And, like, it, it's just mm. – he's nothing if not effective and efficient. Yeah. I right. thought the whole – go ahead. Sorry, go ahead, Harrison. Um, I was just going to say that there's, there's no playoff series that this group has played together that is just more symbolic of how Jokic works in a series – than the Clippers series, because if you remember what happened in the Clippers series, they got killed in game one, they won game two, but games three and four, they lost. But you could tell that Jokic was slowly figuring out how to beat the Clippers. Right. And then games five, six, and seven, yeah, he dominated like most portions of every single game. Like that's how Jokic works in the series. He, he might start off a little cold, like he had 15 points in that game one against the Clippers, but he slowly figures the defense out. He, he slowly figures out how to beat an opponent. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen against the Warriors, but it has you know, happened a little bit. He has been figuring out Draymond Green. He has been figuring out the Warriors' defense. He's He's been making them adjust when they hadn't had to adjust in the first couple of games. So... It, Jokic is he's just kind of like um he, he just like plays the slow game you know he, he plays the long game in a series and if Denver can just extend it long enough that's what it comes down to yeah I also thought Denver's offense got more dynamic last night in terms of movement right like they it can get really static and I think when Malone says it's too much Jokic it's not even necessarily Jokic's involvement is sort of the way it's okay he posts up we're gonna get a little dinky poorly executed entry pass in there. Now everyone stands still for 10 right. seconds. Last night, first of all, Jokic got back to that off-ball movement. I feel like he attacked any big defenders he was guarded with on the move, off-ball, right? And and there was some pick-and-roll action. Aaron Gordon was active from the dunker spot when he was moved to power forward. Uh, Monte was involved, That it, not just a purely catch-and-shoot way. Of course, he hit those big shots. To me, that that was, oh, Denver's offense looks healthy again. And that's the stuff they can still do some things that aren't dependent or contingent upon Porter or Murray. Right. Um, 
And so to see them get back to that, of course, it all starts with what Jokic has unlocked, his three-point shot. He's figured Draymond out. But they were moving. They weren't just standing and watching. And so I actually felt like it was a better collective effort, even if the box score doesn't show a bunch of high point totals or whatever. And by the way, the Warriors have been playing a decent amount of zone against Yoke, like when they've gone small, which kind of yeah. tells you a lot. First of all, they have Kenny Atkinson, and Draymond mentioned this after the game. Like Kenny Atkinson played a lot of zone when he was the coach over in Brooklyn. They would run a lot of it. So he's brought a little bit of that to Golden State just as a concept. But the idea that you have this like number two defense in the NBA, but you you kind of break that to go zone, like that tells you already how they feel about Denver. Like they're like, hey man, like we still can't stop Yoke even with our top defense. So that that alone just kind of gives you a little bit there. But Denver's offense is just otherworldly right now, even without those guys that it really a lot of people have been saying, like, do you really think Murray and Porter make a difference? We've even asked this about on the defensive end. And there's it's a legitimate and fair question. But another part of me goes, the Warriors defense is getting broken right now without those guys. And if you put those guys in, you honestly might just bull rush them defensively the exact same way they bull rush everyone else. And you do that, like it changes the entire personality of an entire series. Um, so something to kind of kind of DVD there. Let's take a break. On the other side, though, we got more of these things that I want to get to, including is Michael Malone slow to adjust? And can have the Nuggets figured out a way to take Jordan Poole out of the series? And if so, is that like a big advantage for Denver? Two big questions that we kind of get into some of the X's and O's of the series. All right. The Mile High City Copper Lager from Breck Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. It's the playoffs. Still got a lot of season to play, maybe. So make sure to pick up some Mile High City Copper Lager from Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. If you're local, if you're in the area, stop into the DNVR bar, corner of Colfax, New York. We got Breck Brew on tap. We got Breck Brew seltzers in the fridge. If you're not local, check out the Breck Brew beer locator on the Breckenridge on the Breckenridge Brewery website. You'll be able to find where to get Breck Brew closest to you. And make sure to pick up some Mile High City Copper Lager for the playoffs. At DraftKings Sportsbook this week, the NBA playoffs means next-level basketball. Get in on the first round of action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers bet $5 on any team to win. Get $100 in free bets instantly. Uh, You win no matter what. You bet $5, you get $150 in free bets instantly. You win no matter what. At DraftKings Sportsbook, also get in the game with same-game parlays throughout the entire First round combined multiple bets from the same game for bigger payoff. <laughs> the more legs you add, the more money you can win. Uh, so download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the first round of the playoffs. Get $150 in free bets instantly. Promo code DNVR, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only, new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sports for details. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. Harrison, new place looks great, um, but it is hilarious. <laughs> like, I, I hope that the Wi-Fi remains at this level. <laughs> well, probably don't put me on the one shot when I don't have a good Wi-Fi connection. Like, that's just a bad move right there. Like, what are we even doing? I'm sorry. That's on me. Yeah, like... <laughs> <laughs> Adam, you're muted again. God, this is an off-season show. Why, why am I getting one. muted? Well, I've never gotten muted before. What the hell is going on with this mute button? Here? I don't know, but every time I try and unmute you, it says you muted yourself, which makes it even funnier. You'll mute yourself. I don't even know how to mute myself. This is BS. Um, 
I was going to say, Harrison's Wi-Fi reminds me of when I used to download UFC videos on Napster. And they would what are you trying to say? What are you trying to say right now? I'm just saying I could barely tell if that was you or not. This is, the, this is the oldest podcast ever recorded. <laughs> this is the oldest podcast. Um, all right, let's get, into by some Jitterbug. These, uh, let's get into some of these other questions. Actually, one thing I want to – one little sidetrack I want to take us on. You guys know – this is what I love about NBA and NBA discourse, and I'm using love ironically here. Last night, the last possession the Warriors had provided every narrative anybody could possibly want. One was Jokic, the MVP, not on the court for the final defensive possession. What a fraud. What a fraud that they wouldn't have him go guard Steph Curry in isolation. What, what, yes. Then the other Cowards. part of it is, the other narrative is, yeah, but did you see him recognize the coverage and like call it out and orchestrate a steal from the sideline? This is another one. And then I see the Warriors being like, probably not good that the other team knows your inbound plays in a key moment. Like everybody was fed last night, a narrative. Everybody got to eat. It was so great. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I did love how it wasn't just that Jokic knew the play. Like literally every Nuggets player knew the play. <laughs> Cause Jokic like, told them. I, I oh, think just everybody knew it. Man. Ever, all of them. Yeah. They all said so after the game, I think all of them knew <laughs> another element of poetic circleism here. Uh, Steph Curry was on the court for the Warriors' final defensive possession, and he gave up the game-sealing three to the much-maligned player that had a terrible game right up Oh, my God, moment. you're right. You could run with any – we could do eight shows just on the yeah. final, like, 30 Incredible. seconds and come up with a narrative. It's so great. Uh, you really do see in this life what you want to. All right, my next question, though, I kind of have, is Michael Malone officially slow to adjust? And the reason that we could say this, one, the Nuggets only play seven-game series. I mean, this – there's some evidence that it takes them a very long time to kind of arrive where you want. And then when they do, they start winning games, but also just the idea of playing Austin rivers against that duck lineup just seems so obvious. And, and for it to not happen until this game really at, at length, and then for it to be a difference maker. So I'll start with, let me start with vote here on this one. Do you think Michael Malone is uh, slow to adjust in playoff series? I do. I do. And I think this is a symptom of a philosophy that he has admitted to. And, you know, Rivers himself is a vet, but Malone just has his guys, and that group often comprises veterans. Um, and sort of once you're in that group, he's going to stick with that until his hand is forced. Mm. Um, and so two games on the road, you lose. Okay, I'll try it a little bit in game three, but it wasn't until they lose that first home game that he's like, all right, I really got to change things up. This one seemed really obvious to me, the Austin Rivers decision. But I'm not surprised to see Malone take his time. If he trusts you, he trusts you. And he's going to give you more than one chance um, for better. And sometimes in shorter playoff series for worse. But isn't Austin Rivers a guy Malone trusts, though? Like, we all thought Austin Rivers has been and is in the circle of trust. That's why it was so perplexing that it took so long (laughs) for him to play more than 30 minutes in a game. This is why I said he forgot. I'm telling you, he picked up his fifth foul in game three, and I think Malone forgot. I think Malone was so oh, just like, I forgot. Oh, crap. Rivers is over here. What am I doing? Like, he played yeah. 26 minutes in game one, 21 minutes in game two, 21 minutes in game three. He didn't play more than 30 minutes until game four last night. Yeah. And we were going into the series – we know this. Everybody on the Nuggets knows this, that Austin Rivers is their best perimeter defender. Right. Like, it's it's not hard to tell. Yeah. And 
he's been shooting it okay from three. He's been playing within himself offensively. It was just all lined up for him to play 30-plus minutes a game, and it took until game four. Also, sometimes you can trace this stuff pretty easily. Like, okay, well, it didn't bear fruit, but he wanted to match up with their size or whatever, whatever, whatever. What is the Jeff Green reasoning right now? I actually don't know. It's not like he's out rebounding anyone or utilizing that size or matching up well with smaller lineups. So this one is, is this one was slow. Yeah, for me, for me, like, like just watching Malone for as long as we have, it's just clear that he is a guy that like comes out with a game plan ahead of time and will stick to it till the bitter end until it's proven false. Um, He's not an in-game adjustment maker. He just isn't like, and I think he just has like hypotheses that he has to see through. And if he yeah. doesn't see them through, like, mm-hmm. it, and so it's, yeah, we always find ourselves. <laughs> Unfortunately, it seems like his hypothesis is always incorrect to start off with. Like, and it just takes him a while to like be able to be like, all right, we tried that. I gave it like, I gave it the, the full opportunity to prove itself false. Now it's false. Okay. We'll move on. Um, it is, it's incredibly frustrating. Um, it's his best slash worst, uh, uh, trait that he is right. so willing to stick with something to make sure that it doesn't work. It's be, it's great because you get to see players benefit from it by, you know, allowing, uh, them to actually like feel comfortable and like, you know, he's not so manic where he's like, you're in, you're out, you're in, you're out. And he's like not eroding players' confidence, but it is difficult when you're talking sure. about a finite number of games. Uh, yeah, this is it, man. It's not, it's yeah. not the middle of the regular season when you're like, all right, yes. we, I got to keep this guy locked in right. for another right. three months. Right. Like, yes. it, it, it's, it's totally, but it, it, you know, that that's, I'm not defending it or maligning it. I just know that this is yeah. his motivation. Like this is how he goes about. We, and we always end up going down in the series as a result, but then somehow it, in the end, it's like, we always get checkmate. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's, it seems like we figure it out to the point where it's like, okay, we've solved this completely. Now we can just move forward. I don't know if that's yeah. the case here. I don't get the sense that it is, but that has you know, that that dynamic has proven itself over and over. So Michael Malone is like this guy. He's like the most frustrating coach in all of Denver. Yeah, the most frustrating coach in all of Denver and also like the most successful. So I, I don't it, yeah. know what to do with that. I, I saw people saying, no, he wanted to just outscore the Warriors. That's why, like, maybe Will Barton was playing. I mean, Will Barton had, what, seven points last night? Six, six points last night? Yeah, three of them came in the final ten seconds. <laughs> right, also, exactly. Jeff, like, is Jeff scoring? Yeah, yeah, Jeff Green, he's got, I think, ten points in the last three games combined. So, like, those guys are not threats right now. Austin Rivers, he's way more of a threat than either of those guys, I think. Yeah, I mean, th- yeah, like, Denver doesn't have, like, great offensive or defensive lineups right now. So the idea of, like, just throw out your offensive lineup, it's like, are we throwing out Bryn Forbes and, you know, like, is that, is we going that far to the extreme? Like almost certainly not. So, um, but I, I do think the overarching point though, about Michael Malone being a little bit slow, I, I just, we've had enough of these series now where I think, and he does make, in my opinion, some good adjustments throughout series. He's made some sure. bold moves, yeah. but it does seem to come in a slower time. And I will say this, had the Nuggets won game three, obviously game four would have been different, but it does feel like the first two games, Denver blown out, outclassed. The two home games, Denver has been toe-to-toe with the Warriors, been right there where you could point to this is where both games turn. If Denver's 2-2 in the series, even with games one and two going the way that it is, I have a feeling we all feel really good about the where the direction the series is. I think that we yeah. feel good about 
has Jokic solved Draymond a little bit? Have the Nuggets solved, like, figured out pool a little bit? Like, not a certainty, but you would certainly be like, you know what, maybe. Now let's go back there 2-2 and see what happens. Whereas if you're down 3-1, there's just, like, a lot of, man, you need three straight perfect games. That's just so tough to ask for. But, you know, we'll see where this goes. The other one is – That's why – Go ahead. Well, just that's why this conversation is relevant. I mean, I'm at risk of oversimplifying – don't the Nuggets stand a better chance of taking game three if Austin Rivers closes? I think the answer is right, definitively right. yes, you know. Right. I think so, too. Um, if we go to the next one is Jordan Poole. I mean, I don't know if you guys noticed. He had a horrible game in game four. I mean, he's been on fire. He had a horrible game in game four. And there were some adjustments. I mean, for one, they did use bigger bodies on him, including Aaron Gordon. They got physical with him. I think that was part of the game plan. When Michael Malone came to practice the other day, and he said that he had somebody look up what the name is of the three-headed monster, and his whole thing was, can you, in Greek mythology, and his whole thing was, can you take away one? Well, guess what? I think if you stand back and look at the Nuggets' game plan, that's exactly what happened. Can we take out Poole? Like, it's hard to take out Steph. Every team's been trying to take out Steph. Clay Thompson sometimes makes shots you just nothing you could do about. Can you take out Jordan Poole, and now you just have two guys, and it disrupts a little bit of the flow? And I don't want to say this is one I don't know the answer to. We have to wait for game five and see. But if the answer is yes, even at the expense of a Clay and Curry, to me, that's a really good strategy. And it's something that, again, could flip the series if it's something Denver actually found, as opposed to Jordan Poole just of having a bad game. Harrison, you look like you have some takes. Well, one of my takes throughout the first three games of this series is just I can't get over how freaking good Jordan Poole is. Right. Like, how is this guy Steph Curry? Like he was playing the role of Steph Curry because he was starting and Curry was coming off the bench and he was filling it incredibly well. I just could not get over how good he was. And last night was the first time all series where the Nuggets made him look human. Like they made him look like not a star, which is he clear. He was, like bad. Yeah, he, was, he was bad yesterday. Yeah. Is he hurt? He was holding that right. Was it the yeah, right? He, I think he got hurt a little in game three. That's a good point. End of game three, he got hurt a little. Um, Hmm. But, yeah, like last night was the first time he didn't look human. I am curious to see, and this will be a tell of how much the Warriors are kind of panicking right now. Do they start Steph Curry in game five? Because (laughs) if they do, that's a sign that they're like, oh, shit. If they don't, that's a sign that they're thinking we're going to beat this team by 30. Oh shit is doing a little work here. Like if Yoke yes. was coming off the bench for four games and the Nuggets were up three one, I would be like, you know what, start Yoke. But I would also not be like, it's a panic move if we start Jokic. It'd just be like, all right, we were getting cute here. It'd it. be so, a little panicky. A little okay. panicky. About <laughs> <laughs> this much. Panic. Rate the panic. I no, I think <laughs> Eric, Jordan Poole, if you take him away, is this like is that the key to the Warriors that you can't take the other guys away? So take him away? Well, <sighs> He was taken away yesterday, and the Nuggets won. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that is just like as cut and dry as it needs to be, but Jordan Poole has been the reason that the Warriors have been crushing us. Like the other, the other Warriors have looked like the other Warriors, but like this X factor of 
Jordan Poole being also Kevin Durant, also Steph Curry, not miss, shooting like 70% on three. It's just like, I mean, there's no team in the in the history of the league that could have withstood what we were being served in those first two games with the efficiency and the relentlessness and the uh, viciousness that they were shooting those threes with in the third quarter. Um, I don't know if he's injured. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I noticed just like, for most shooters, like almost all shooters had an off game, at least to start uh, yesterday. Be, like, like it just seemed like the early start was like kind of just messing with their internal rhythms. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. Like, I was very happy to see it. <laughs> like, definitely. Like, it seemed like uh, Jordan Poole had Aaron Gordon on him in the first couple games from time to time. And it didn't particularly like nothing was slowing him down. It wasn't like, and he was shooting contested threes. Also, it wasn't like he was just like always white. He obviously got some, but it wasn't just like, man, somebody guard Jordan Poole. It's like, man, miss a fucking shot, please. Yeah, that's like, so, true. Um, so I don't know, like to me, yes, he is the X factor. Like to have a fourth guy on that, that warrior squad, if you're including Draymond as one of the three is like that you could just absolutely, cannot leave open that you absolutely have to worry about all the time. Like you can't do that with four separate dudes. So, um, you know, I hope that he, I hope that it, that, that it stays this way. I mean, I'm praying it does, or at least if he steps up, then clay goes down. I'm, I'm, I'm just hoping that they're, they're like not all clicking at the same time. Cause I don't, I think it's, they're unbeatable if they're all clicking at the same time. Yeah. yeah. Adam, have you had a chance to watch this one back? Cause for me, it did feel like make Andrew Wiggins beat us was a part of the game plan. Was it, yeah, was I mean, that yeah. go, go ahead. I, I, I have not, I'll have a list tomorrow, but I, I haven't been able to rewatch this game other than the fast recap, you know, going right. through the like 12 minute game. But is that something you're going to maybe look at? Like, did they actually pay extra attention to Jordan pool as opposed to uh, honestly, rewatch is always like, I see everything. Like sure. it'll obviously be a big thing, but rewatch it just allows you when it, it's like one time through, but you're really watching like half yeah. the plays over sure. multiple I, times. I, I felt, um, you know, I felt like there was a lot of, Hey, if it's Wiggins, it's Wiggins. Um, and I don't know if that's just the way the cookie crumbled or how much of that was dictated. Denver is scoring points. 116 points per hundred possessions. That is elite. Like Wiggins scoring in the mid range is like, man, he's got to make a lot. I mean, he honestly, like you can give up a lot of, five eight foot shots from andrew wiggins or fall away shots like he has to make honestly 25 of those for him to have a 116 offensive rating just based on that diet so um you're right that i, I really do think that is a big part of it of like hey that's the guy we actually want them going to early and let's see what happens um another one because we have a couple more to get to Aaron Gordon, first two games, you look at that. Draymond Green, if you asked him what his certainty level that AG is, not that guy. You're not that guy, pal. His certainty <laughs> level would have been 100. And I would have sat there, and, and I was sitting there with, man, if Draymond's saying this, he's a real one. He probably knows. The last two games, man, AG showed me something. He really has. Like, he's completely won me back over to this, like, you know what? Riding with this guy. You know, like, he, he might have some toughness to it. But to me, personally, a lot of this rides on game five. And I'm not even just talking about do you win or not. AG to me has stood up to the bully for the last two games. Mixed results throughout the games, but more good than bad. And more than anything, just more willing to just like reach, you know, his chin out and say like, hey, man, I'm here. Like you want like to throw down, I'm here. And to me, I, I'm one game away from being like AG back. Not that he was ever out of the club, but back having my full trust that he's going to be a guy that has a spine in a tough series. What, what do you think, Wynn? 
Yeah, I think he's got a lot riding on this game five. Absolutely. I mean, if he has a really good game, Denver can definitely win. If he's an absolute non-factor like he was in games one and two, it's going to be a loss for the Nuggets probably. I mean, it just most likely will be. But what we've seen with with Gordon a couple times this season is he's not afraid to get in somebody's face. Like he went chest to chest with Russell Westbrook against the Lakers late this season. Last night, he was really just trying to get into it with Draymond Green. It felt like at times, maybe that gets him going a little bit. Um, But yeah, like what happens in game five, I I think like could just set the entire narrative on who Gordon was this year. Right. I agree. to see him do it on the road one more time would be or one time actually would be validating. We those were big time responses at home back to back. Last night I thought was his best offensive game as a nugget in a playoff series. Um per, maybe there's a Phoenix one I'm overlooking cuz he generally wasn't very good. Uh but I felt like he was better on that end in the first quarter. Sort of use that to set the tone for an aggressive night. We talk about him needing to be the aggressor. 13 free throw attempts and he sank 10 of them. Wow. So I mean, that yeah, that's not a guy who's been getting stuffed into a locker all series, right? That's a guy who came out and said, I'm going to be a different player. I, I get a lot of time to look in the mirror. So I think if he does it one more time on the road, we can start to alter this perception of AG, mm-hmm. even in this elevated role, as maybe not someone who's not ready for this or maybe someone who was learning over you know the first two really meaningful playoffs. I guess he had a couple in Orlando or one, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, he, after those first two games, he was bad in the first two games. Like, bad. Yeah. Right. And the last two, he's been good. Yep. He was I agree. bad. Now he's good. So, uh, but also uh, not running from Draymond. Like, this is part right. of it. Is yes. You can be yeah. good by doing the soft things and it just works out for you. But this is the like, I'm going to call Draymond out on play number one. I'm going to get in his face and tell him, like, you think I'm afraid of you? Like, I'm going at you. And he did that. And that, to me, like, whether he failed or not, it just shows you something. And then for yeah. him to actually have success with it is a thing. Dude, the, uh, re-watching that interaction between those two, I cannot. I just, I can't get over what the NBA allows Draymond Green to do. <laughs> like, he Dude, was it's, dragging, it's wild, his, man. dragging his fingers across his face and his neck. It's like... It's literally like you couldn't do that in society. You could get arrested. For <laughs> you couldn't do that. Yeah. Just you watching did. watching Draymond Green live, man, for all all the games of this series. The guy is the guy is an animal. The guy is like out of control, nonstop. But I think he's in what, control. He he's out of control, but that's in control for him. Yeah, like yeah. he's just he's just like. He's just parading up and down the floor, just yelling at everyone, yelling at fans, yelling at Draymond Green. Like, does he need to have a full one-on-one conference with an official after every single whistle? (laughs) He, he, he like needs to go over to the official and like have a a one-on-one chat. He's like recording a podcast segment with an official after every single foul call. Like he just needs to, he just needs to discuss every single call after it happens. It's, it's unbelievable. Uh, yeah, uh, he has. I would tell you his energy, though, man. It's something. I mean, I'm, I'm, hopefully, Yoke can get to this level. Hopefully, Jokic can learn how to like be in officials' ears without getting a, a technical. This is what we need. What but we need. the other stuff too. The other stuff too, though. He fe- he feasts off what Wind was just talking about. Like the oh, same totally. stuff where you go, oh, this defines a player. Is he a 16 win guy? Like, right. 
Draymond mainlines that shit, just like you can't get enough of it, you know? (laughs) And it is crazy watching a team of Nuggets non-stars elevated roles sort of tiptoe around like what should or shouldn't I do out here? And then Draymond is just every high leverage moment, I want to be involved and then I want to scream at someone. And you do start to see like this is a group that has won a very specific way and they love to do it that way together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For me, like uh, when I look at the antics of Draymond Green and how he interacts with the officials and how he actually benefits from it, it just shows you what is fundamentally wrong with the NBA, that it is wholly dependent upon the referee's opinion of you and whether or not you've politicked in the right way to get the calls or not get the calls. And um, like, it's, it's irritating. And like, I would hate for Jokic to take on a Draymond Green type personality, but you're right. Like, would it absolutely benefit the Denver Nuggets? Probably. It's like one of those things. Like, could I look myself in the mirror for cheering this on? Like, I don't know. Uh, I no. don't. I certainly don't want this to be our reality. But it sucks that like the NBA encourages this versus, say, a uh, Boogie Cousins who has the worst interactions than the worst relationship with every NBA official. So he is afforded absolutely no leeway, regardless of what it is that it's like, if there's a question, it's a foul. If there is a sideways glance in the direction of the official, because of, I guarantee years and years and years of like residual hatred that they've all built up for him. And like, what a terrible person he's been on the court. Like he gets a T bing, like it's just over. And so there's just so much human element involved in NBA reference which is probably unavoidable outside of just like not having these guys just be like lifers it would be so much better if they would just like cycle people through more often and we wouldn't like know who these guys were there wasn't like a referees union and like that was unbreakable um it just that type of stuff just like to me like just bothers me so deeply it's like (laughs) something that is happening inside the lines but is ultimately very much outside of the lines but has the more it has like the most impact of any He's like, uh, he's like yeah. the anti-boogie where like boogie could get a tech for like be, like going up to the line but not crossing it where draymond can yes. like fully cross it but Dude. not get in they're, they're honestly the opposite that's why it was so perfect that boogie got it against draymond when for that when you're like my god yeah <laughs> it's d line makes the perfect point though because a lot of this series just does hinge on can yoke get draymond green into foul yeah. trouble yeah <laughs> like yep. It, and a lot of that will come down to just like what this official thinks of Draymond Green. Yes. Yeah. Which is in game two. In game two, Draymond Green fouled out. He fouled out, but the ref just wouldn't call that last foul. They just wouldn't call it. Right, right, right. And you're like, bro, what, like, Clay Thompson got away with a big one yesterday that was the same. It was like, we know he's got five. Like, We'll give him yeah, one extra free like one. You're like, why? It was an obvious it, foul. Like, whatever. And then someone um, like, and then a guard comes down the other way and just like kind of has to go around someone on a finger roll. And it's just like, oh my God. They can't pull the <laughs> Wait, we got to get our last break. I'm late for it. I'm going to get yelled at. So let's hit our last break. On the other side, I want to ask, has Jokic solved Draymond? This is a central question that uh, last two games, he's, he's dominated him. We're going to find out in game five, as well as hit your questions in the mailbag. If you guys haven't been able to watch Nuggets, Avs, and Rapids games this season, check out Evoca TV. They've got Altitude Sports. They've got a bunch of other national channels as well. 
Evoca.tv. Uh, it's available here in Denver. Uh, it's available locally in some neighboring states as well. Go to Evoca.tv slash DNVR. Use promo code DNVR. You're going to get $10 off your first three months. Use promo code DNVR at Evoca.tv slash DNVR. Get $10 off Evoca TV for your first three months. It's only $15 a month for those first three months, plus a receiver. No contracts, no hidden fees. Evoca.tv slash DNVR. They've got Altitude Sports. They've got AT&T Sportsnet, other national channels as well. Now available in Denver, Colorado Springs, and some other places as well. Evoca.tv slash DNVR. Also, if you go to uh, Lightshade Dispensary right now, you can pick up some Wana. Um, do you want to pick up some Wana? <laughs> that was on the fly. That was absolutely wow. on the fly. Wow, that was, that was a freestyle? Bars. Bars. Need to catch up on some shut-eye after the big game. No matter when you take them, this well-rounded recipe will leave you feeling rested and refreshed in the morning. Wana Optimal's Fast Asleep Gummies offer a holistic plant-based solution that tackles the root cause of sleepiness like stress and pain. It's a fast-acting sleep aid that will have your eyelids feeling heavy in just 5 to 15 minutes. You can find Wana at Colorado's premier dispensary, Lightshade, with 11 convenient Denver, Metro, and Aurora locations. The Barnum location at 6th and Federal is now open as well. 420 specials are still live until April 26th. Their yeah. five best-selling products will be buy one, get one for $1 until April 26th. Of course, podcast listeners get 25% off non-sale items with the code Smoke DNVR. Pot. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Fantastic. Now, I think we're talking about eating that pot, just to be clear. And uh, yeah, that, don't that, ga- that, that game started at, what, 1.30 yesterday? 1.30, yeah. yeah. Dude, I couldn't sleep last night. I could have used some goddamn water. I was like... I was like uh, in my bed, just like kicking my feet around. I was like hyped up all night, dude. I love when Eric always references his bed, not getting out of it, doing work from it, or oh, dude, kicking out of excitement, just kicking his feet like a child. Like my my bed, my bed, m- yeah, my bed plays a pretty large role in my life. Let, let, my yeah, we know. entire living situation could be reduced down to just a small room with a bed in it. <laughs> yeah, but it is, it is the best. All right, let's get on though. I got to ask this question because it's one of the it's the biggest one. I always save the big questions for the final the final segment here, but. Honest, honest to God, Draymond, by his own admission or by his own pumping himself up, says he won the battle between him and Jokic in games one and two. I agree. wasn't that Jokic was bad. It was that you're talking about strength versus strength, and Draymond held Jokic below the threshold for Denver to be competitive, as well as a bunch of other things happened in the games. Games three and four, I thought Jokic didn't just win the battle. He dominated it. To the extent that you can almost look at that and say, has he figured something out and have the Nuggets figured something out? And that's the big question. This one's not answered. Game five is going to go a long way to this. Does Jokic continue to have these monster outputs? Where, by the way, guys, as we speak, Jokic is number one in points per game in the playoffs. Think about this. Number one amongst points per game among players in the playoffs. And he has a better field goal percentage than anybody else in the top 20 in scoring. 20! It's actually yeah. 22. But top- he's also only uh, 12th in VORP. I just checked last night. Ah, <laughs> shit. Throw the whole thing yeah. out. 
Yeah. Embiid should have won MVP. I've been yeah, saying yeah. Does he have the best four? Well, my goodness. That would be actually pretty hilarious if he ends up and somebody starts <laughs> using it. But in all seriousness, though, this is the thing. is Yoke scoring over these last two games, 37 points on like 75% shooting against Draymond like that. It happens twice. I'm there. 2-2. Two, two. Forget the series. Like that, that matchup. He gets game five to me. I'm like, wow. Solved uh, the, the Clippers. Solved who had a great defense, but no big. You solved uh, Rudy Gobert, the defensive player of the year. If you get Draymond, it's just like, man, Yoke is, in my opinion, leveling up in this series. Uh, D-line, I'll let you cook because this is a question Taylor made for you. Has Jokic solved Draymond? <sighs> Jokic? <clears throat> I mean, we talk about Michael Malone's adjustments making the difference in all of these series where they they start off so terribly and then in the end they end up – you know, that with the one, you know, Gary Harris comes back or we put, uh, we just make a defensive adjustment. It really just comes down to Jokic. Like Jokic is the one that like solves these teams. Jokic is the one that makes the adjustment. Jokic is the one that ultimately, uh, you know, becomes more and more effective. Uh, starts he can't scoring beat this more. team by himself though. He can only no, he can't, but he, give him a chance. He didn't, he didn't beat this team by himself, but he, uh, made it so that they now have to go back and be like, okay, we can't just key in on Jokic because he actually now is able to, like in this last game, was able to count on other people that uh, were on the floor with him. And that in and of itself is just like damaging and damning. But Jokic, I mean, man, like he just starts to get more aggressive and then once he starts to get more aggressive, then he starts to get more cagey. And then once he starts to get more cagey, he becomes more elusive. Like he just can't miss any shots that he takes in the, in the, uh, the key. Like, I mean, I really can't get over it. Like, it's just so, it becomes so effortless for him. We said this last night. It's so effortless for him. These shots that are like from 10 or five to 10 feet out that they literally feel like dunks and it's you know everybody's like so enamored with uh what um DeRozan has been able to do in Chicago with like reinventing the mid-range game and like scoring all these points but like Jokic just does like it's just so easy for him that it doesn't really register that he's just like taking mid-range shots and just like draining them with such ease um he just I don't know man like I'm just so impressed with that I do I do think that he has solved Draymond Green in as much as you can. Like, there's some part of Draymond Green's game that's just, like, super physical, and it's going to always be difficult be just because he has super long arms and he's obnoxious. It almost feels like Yoke's unbothered by the physicality lately. Like, you're, Draymond's still being physical with him, and Yoke's just kind of, like, putting his head down yeah. and, and just doing his job right now. Yeah, I, we got to go true. quick. Harrison, what do you think here? Is Jokic solved Draymond? <sighs> to be determined. Uh, to be determined. TBD. 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 2-2. Yeah. It's 2-2 right now. Um... I, the, the thing is, though, like you said, Adam, Yoke could have a monster game in game five and the Nuggets lose. Like, that, that that's a scenario that's you very much on the table. Real quick, Harrison. Who's, who's the second best Nugget in the series so far? Uh, Aaron Gordon? It's, I mean, Aaron Gordon had a terrible games one and two. So the right, best but, Nugget yeah. has been good in two games. So if we went through yeah. and said – has Jordan Poole been better than Gordon? Yes. Has Steph yes. Clay been better? Yes. yes. Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Andrew Wiggins. So, yes, this is the point, is the Warriors have five of the top six players in the series to date. Like, so far, they've played the best. Yes, it's <coughs> going to take more than just Jokic dominate. But right. he did dominate that matchup in game right. three. The, the second best nugget in the series might actually be Bones Highland. But anyways, right. if Jokic 
yes, he could have a dominant game. He could solve Draymond Green and the Nuggets still lose. I, I guess that, that's what I'm coming around to. So I think he's on his way there. I think Jokic is trending towards solving Draymond Green. I think he solved the controllables. I really do. I think the only thing he can't solve is what he can't control, which is the That's whistle. I, if Draymond's allowed to be as physical as he was in, in games one and two, and Jokic, like, let's be frank, has as few options to pass to as he has all series, it's not going to go his way. Um, but a, I thought a, a little more of a of a Denver-friendly whistle at home went a long way to him dominating that matchup. I'm telling you, yeah. some of the clip moves he's put on him, including this reverse one, like that—that that is a I've got you. Like I know what you're gonna do. And he then, went to the Sambor, and he and he then Draymond was like, I think it's gonna be that Sambor, and Jokic knew yeah, that yeah. Draymond knew because yeah. he talks about it. And then he, and it's the same so. thing with the fifth foul where he shows the ball, pulls it back, and draws yep. the foul. And I'm like, I just honestly think this cat and mouse game, like it could swing back in game five. Draymond's that good, but I just think Yoke kind of has him. Like I know what you're trying to do, and, and that's just impressive here. Um, we got to get to these last ones. Um, two, we got to get to the mailbag questions here that I think are kind of important. And that is number one coming in. This is comes from Thurnus Haley. He says, what do you guys think of Bones' playoff performance so far? By the way, this came before game four. Also, do you think Bones is a long-term nugget or will the org use him as a valuable trade asset in the coming years? Harrison, start, start this off. Will the org use him as a valuable trade asset? Hell no. <laughs> have we seen how this organization operates <laughs> with its guys like of course they're not trading bones highland i wrote last night that i think he has established himself as a key member of the nuggets core and to me it seems like he's more of a part of the core of a, the core than michael porter jr is right now and like i know mpj hasn't played <laughs> the entire season he's so far on the outside but just like Bones Highland is the Denver Nuggets. <laughs> he just is the Nuggets. Um, so I think he's he's absolutely going to be here for the long haul. He has not looked phased to me in the playoffs. Yeah, he's made some rookie mistakes. It's the same mistakes he was making in the regular season. I don't think those have really ratcheted up or anything. I, I, I just think he's, he's looked comfortable. His confidence hasn't gone anywhere. And... Um, yeah, I think he's kind of leveling up a little bit. Could, would you trade? I know this trade isn't going to happen, though, Harrison, but would you trade, like, Bones and Michael Porter for Drew Holiday? What I'm saying is, like, you say he's not, they're not going to trade him, but would you trade him for the guy that is the defensive-level all-star? Um, I mean, maybe. Yeah, maybe. But, but they're so not going to trade I, that's why I just say, like, when somebody says, would Denver trade him? Like, I don't think Denver's looking to trade him, this or that. But Denver is at the point right now where just nobody's untradeable. I just hate to say, like, Yoke's untradeable, and every other player has some price that they would entertain. Even Jamal Murray has some price that they would entertain, albeit an unlikely one. And Bones Highland, I'm with you, but we're just in a different paradigm right now than the Duggets were two, three years ago, where I don't think they're looking, but... You just never Man, know. That would be terrible. Can you imagine? Cream City, baby. <laughs> it would be Absolutely terrible. terrible. Jesus. Um, <laughs> uh, we got a lot of questions about the offseason. And actually, this is why it, I, it's kind of funny. Do you trade Barton and, and Mon Monte in the offseason to run to get somebody to run next to Bones? Like, um, you know, offseason, you know, role players that you want to see. My whole thing is this. The only reason I brought these up was, guys, we have a long offseason ahead of us. 
almost certainly. Even if the Nuggets go to the finals, it's still going to be three and a half, four months before in between. We'll have a lot of time for that. Stay present. Stay present on this Nuggets team. Don't move ahead. Stay in. Ride the sea of life. Don't don't look around the corner just yet. There's 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 plenty. Um, somebody asked what non-Jokic moment was the Nuggets highlight of the season. So not Jokic. D-line, off the top of your head, can you rattle any off? Well, I mean, like, they're, the non-Jokic moments are still Jokic moments. It's like uh, we had the Monte three yeah. t- to beat the Warriors, which was a pass from Jokic. We had the Aaron Gordon three in the corner, which was a pass from Jokic. Um, I guess maybe Bones Highlands coming out party, like the first time he, like, really started to, to knock down threes. I can't think of, like, a single – like moment it's been a it's been a out, season bro. it's been a momentless season i will say i i would take the philly win and i know that's a game maybe more than a yeah. moment so if i'm gonna stop yeah. cheating and pick a moment i'm gonna take the locker room video that came out after that one in philly yeah we ride with you big fella i thought it was Very the much. most complete kind of team performance against a good opponent big game it wasn't just let's all climb on Jokic's back and and, and and cross the finish line. I mean, that yeah. is a big part of every Nuggets game. But th- if you're going to pick a moment where Jokic's teammates had his back this season, right. I think that's the best we can do. And uh, it, it that was huge for their season and his MVP narrative. And it to really me, was. that was – to me, that I actually tweeted it after this game. It was one of the handful of times this season where I just wanted to scream, I love this team, and we right. haven't had as many of those lately. I, I felt that way that night. Harrison, I'll throw out the Davon Reed locking up LeBron. That was a fun moment, even though it was very just like, dependable. Whatever. Yeah, very, yeah. <laughs> very dependable moment. Um, Bones is three straight threes yesterday. <laughs> that was a moment. That was definitely a moment. Yeah. So there are a couple P- more. PJ Dozier being at Game Four. Pretty interesting moment. <laughs> the greatest <laughs> moment is a guy watched the game. We're like, oh, there's just like there's just one picture of a huddle. And it's just PJ Dozier in like row three, just like looking at the huddle. It's just kind of weird. We are saying that the Nuggets should give him like uh, the warm ups. Like he should go on Altitude Authentics before the game and just get a full outfit so that it just it'll feel like he's on the team, even though he's yeah. not. Every single year, the Nuggets need to have somebody rehabbing and ramping up from an ACL and their return is up to them. Like that, we just need that every single year. Is there any other former Nugget of this era that you could see coming to game a game and just being like that? Like PJ, is he the only one that you could see? No, I could see uh, Darrell Arthur's probably done. Yeah, I was going to say Darrell Arthur. He's I, in I was, the front office now. Too? He's part of the team. When Wancho finally retires and just makes movies full time, I think he will start coming to. <laughs> Dude, get, we'll, we'll definitely see Gallinari in the stands. No question. Oh yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I don't know, man. I don't know about I that. I do. One. I know. He and Vic yeah, Lombardi are going to out and go to games. But, I, but this there. is different between, like, he came back to the city and the fan base. The P.J. Dozier came back to this group of guys. That's why it's a little different. I don't know that Gallo's, like, coming back to – Well, this is his team. Guys. I mean, this is like he was on this team. That's my point. That's what. That's well, my entire there's point. No other, there's no one else that follow, that falls in line with that that level of commitment. Like, Jeremy I'm Grant. telling you, man. No. Jeremy Grant. I'm telling you – what, when Bones Highland is retired and, you know, yeah, maybe yeah. a Hall of Famer and maybe has a couple championships oh. to his name, he's going to be like the Allen Iverson of the Denver Nuggets. Just yeah, literally yeah. be at every game. Like, <laughs> instead of ringing the bell, they're just going to give him the mic and he's going to yell Mile High City, baby, before oh a couple God. big games. You yeah. know what I just realized? Our guy. The, you know who? what the right answer is? Is RJ Hampton somehow. 
Okay. Like, he's like in. in for no he's never stepping foot back in Denver. Again. And when does this org? <laughs> when does this org finally mend the relationship with Yusuf Nurkic? I mean, like at a certain point, yeah, it's time, right. you know what I mean. Yeah. It's not going to be him. The fans be. want it. You know, yeah, both we sides can't get enough. We're it. like, let's just. Oh, I wish I could watch this game with Yusuf Nurkic. God, that'd That's be great. Right. <laughs> um, we got a super chat here from Jimmy Smith. Before we get out of here, we actually got three of them. The first one said one dollar. Hell yeah, dude! Out. I love the second one. The second one said one dollar. Oh, dude, even out. better, dude. Even, and then this the is third like one, not even a super chat. Says long time listener, first time super <laughs> chat fire. Don't know why I wouldn't let me type a message for this, but and then he gets to the message. Y'all heard of four days in October? Yes. No. I haven't either. I'm. Str- what am I missing here, Harrison? It was when um, it was it's baseball oriented. It oh. was the the Red Sox coming back on the Yankees in two thousand. Oh, that's right. I, yeah, the, the I lived there. Back. I was there for those four days in October. Um, well, there you go. That I didn't honestly, know it had that the, moniker. That uh, that was the wildest thing I've ever. It's been because baseball, you play every day, right? Yeah, I can't explain days. to you like the the uh, the malaise. Like you think we have been down bad. The malaise that was coating the city of Boston was as thick as mayonnaise. It was just like you walked through. <laughs> Everyone was bummed out. Every conversation That's was gross. Like, <laughs> it was super gross. Everything about Boston is gross. Um, but the point is, like every conversation, like I walked into to conversations where it was adult men talking about whether or not it was ethically. Uh, allowable to let your children become Red Sox fans. <laughs> like, <laughs> they were, they oh, were down for the dawn. They were down worse than I've ever seen anyone ever. And then for it to turn around and turn, like that, that was, um, I mean, if, if not for, if the bubble had not been the bubble and we'd actually been able to interact with other human beings in like a human being way, like that probably would have felt like as euphoric and as like exciting, but goddamn, Yeah. Man, coming off a pandemic, I would have actually felt like I would have been questioning if I was actually living, you know, or not <laughs> totally. during the bubble run. Like, did we all, don't all just die during the pandemic and this is like heaven <laughs> Like what, what was that? Oh, no, right this now? is hell. <laughs> we got another one come in. Funky Puma says, amazing vibes at the game. Was there, and the energy was insane. I love it, Funky Dude. Puma. I'm glad you were there, too. Like, I, I want everybody to come to the bar, but if you're not going to be at the bar, go. I mean, be at the game and be loud, man. Get those, get the Nuggets people there. And then lastly, Kale, hop on real quick. I got, I got a question for you. What's up? Everybody, it is super producer Kale's 25th birthday. <laughs> <Everybody>. <laughs> Such a young lad, so much of his life uh, ahead of him. Uh, still bright-eyed and rosy-cheeked and bushy-tailed and all those things. I got. I actually got a gift for Super Producer Kale. May, may I present it? Is it Wait. a graphics request? Kale, to you, to you, I present uh, the ability to miss the greatest moment of the Nuggets season last night, where we uh, we got to see Bones Highland. He was on the show. The vibes were more immaculate than they've ever been or ever will be again. And that's my gift to you. You're welcome. Thank you. Uh, I can officially never be at a Nuggets watch party again because <laughs> I missed two this year and they've both been immaculate yeah. wins. We so. Bones Highland came on actually. both times you weren't here. <laughs> Would you guys say that Kale is the Bones Highland of DNVR? It's, it's, many people are saying uh, this. We have, li- we have literally never seen them in the same place at the same time. Bones <laughs> only shows up when Kale's leaves. 
<laughs> the boat's uh, island in DNVR. The look on boat's face when I said that, like pure disgust. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> Dale, you should be mad at this man. My Everybody, thanks so much uh, for all that you do for us. We're going to be back again tomorrow with a brand new episode. Can't wait for a 23-hour break. We'll see you guys then.